Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. And what did that look like when that started to kind of unravel for you? I I started having questions about hell, about the authenticity of the Bible. But for me, I also had a number of friends I had grown up with that had gone down this, this process of being in the church being Christians, even what how I would look at as someone that is seeing fruit and life-giving things come from their life, and then they've stepped into this faith deconstruction. I saw marriages fall apart, families torn apart with kids. I saw people step into seasons of huge depression and not recover as well. Mm-hmm. And I was carrying in tension all of these questions that I had, but then also seeing these huge examples of of people that had stepped into this process and, and I didn't like where they ended up. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And since 2020, I think a lot of us are in a season of having to kind of deconstruct and figure out what do we believe? Where do we stand? There's so many polarizing beliefs all over the planet. And no matter what news source you're looking at, you're seeing a different version of reality. And it's causing us to question a lot of things. And I've seen people deconstruct their faith, their politics, their belief about societal norms. And I think there's a way that that can be destructive or there's a way that that can be really productive and actually rebuild healthier than before we went through that season. So I'm super excited to be with Jeremy Hilliard. I love his authenticity and bravery to share about how he just really deconstructed his faith, because I think a lot of us are in that season and it would be nice to hear authentically, what did that look like and how do we rebuild that it's better than if we had never gone through it to begin with. So Jeremy, what's your background with faith, spirituality, religion? What's your context? Yeah, for me, I I grew up in the church my whole life. I was pretty much born into it. My parents were pastors in our church in Orlando, Florida, and and really spent the bulk of my life quite plugged in Mm -hmm. in our church community. I obviously had my my seasons in later teenage years, college, where I where I wasn't necessarily living the life that you would think a Christian is is designed to live. But um, I've been there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think a number a number of us that have grown up in the church, you have those those kind of times of yeah. of of doing things a bit differently. And and so for me it was it was like that, but then I I came back into doing work, doing ministry, being you know, being on staff with different organizations, doing stuff in things in churches and Australia and the states and South Africa, a variety of different places. So so really up until when I when I really stepped into a, a deconstruction period, I'd spent the good part of three decades in the church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even for me, I didn't have a lot of friends that really started going through the same type of questioning that I did yeah. when I when I started it. So what did that start to look like? Because sometimes I think internally we're starting to deconstruct and we can freak out and just try to shut it all down because the co- familiar, the comfort, the tradition feels safe. And what did that look like when that started to kind of unravel for you? Yeah, for, for me, it was over the course of probably about two years, I, I started having questions about hell, about the authenticity of the Bible, mm-hmm. about the framework of things and how that looks in the current 
um, kind of landscape of the 21st century and the different mm -hmm. issues that were coming up, both political, politically, with sexuality, with a variety of different things. It just started birthing these questions. But for me, I also had a number of friends I had grown up with that that had gone down this this process of being in the church, being Christians, even what how I would look at as someone that is seeing fruit and life-giving things come from their life. And then they stepped into this faith deconstruction and I saw marriages fall apart, families torn apart with kids. I saw people just step into seasons of huge depression and not recover as well. Mm -hmm. And and so I was carrying in tension all of these questions that I had, but yeah. then also seeing these huge examples of of people that had stepped into this process and and I didn't like where they ended up. And mm -hmm. and so I had this sense of trepidation that I want to be honest with my own journey, but I don't want to end up like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had a bit of this, this tension. And I guess because I'd grown up in the church for so long, there was this part of me that, that felt like, oh, can I actually ask all these questions? Can I actually go there? Like really go there, not just kind of like, you know, philosophize about it, but actually step into it. Yeah. And I can remember my wife and I were living in South Africa at the time and running an organization there. And we had dinner with some friends of ours. And my one friend, she created the largest kind of sex trafficking prevention organization in, in all of Africa. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how she kind of hit the pinnacle of what she wanted to do and realized, oh, that's it. And, and in that place, she started having this deconstruction. She deconstructed all of her faith, burned up all the things that she'd ever known, and then had this powerful reconstruction process. And she really was the first person I'd talked to that had deconstructed and then had a great reconstruction and was, they, they were a life-giving person. Wow. And so when we finished dinner, I remember my wife and I, after hanging out with her and her husband, by the time we got from the the table at the restaurant to our car to leave, it was as if I had opened this door finally mm. that I had been afraid to open yeah. and, had, and had shut it be behind me. I stepped through the door and, and that really started the process for me. This, this kind of inner sense of, okay, it's okay. There is, there is a better side to this out there than I'd seen. Wow. That's so good. And so I think a lot of us are, again, we see what bad could happen. And so we don't walk through that door and we're actually limiting levels of intimacy and connection with God because we're trying to stay where it's safe and we're not willing to get out of the boat and walk on water in the unknown and actually risk that level of vulnerability of not having all those bumpers around our car, but yeah. actually wanting a true connection. So what did that look like for you? To walk through that door i mean for me you know i was i was i founded and was leading a christian organization i was an adjunct professor teaching the bible <laughs> you know it wasn't like i was loosely connected you know this <laughs> yeah. is intrinsically tied in with what i was doing so yeah for me you know i i stopped doing the teaching i 
stepped back from certain things that had real spiritual emphasis in our organization. I let those I was co-leading it with do that. I stopped reading my Bible. I stopped praying. I stopped going to church. I stopped um, kind of a lot of these habits that I'd had because I was, I realized the emptiness that I was doing them with as well. You know, I, I wasn't doing them and actually feeling life and in, in everything from it. There was an emptiness in it because mm-hmm. all I could see was my questions and I was the critic in the room type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I stopped doing it. It was difficult for my wife. And, you know, a lot of times she's like, please don't share what you're walking through with the kids. But I'm at the time, I'm just, you know, I'm consuming tons of content, podcasts and books and all these different things that from people that were deconstructionist or they had to walk through this journey or they just thought way outside the box. But mm-hmm. really within a very short amount of time, I just, I burned up my entire faith. You know, I, I really didn't just kind of start pondering these boxes. I let the boxes just be completely exploded. And I remember at that time, you know, I, re, I, I did, I did still believe in that there was a God, you know, and I, I remember I referred to, to God as the divine. And I remember my wife being like, Oh, great. <laughs> you know, like now, now you have language to go with, you know, your kind of, you're at the box, you know, I, you know, I, my views on a lot of different topics became way more liberal, way more broad. And so it was a unique time with relationships and, and others. There was a lot of people that I felt I couldn't bring into it because they wouldn't understand what I was walking through. My, my, my wife and probably my, my dad were the only ones that really knew the full extent of, of what I was really stepping into. But I essentially stepped into all my question marks and and things that hadn't been question marks had question marks on them. But for someone like myself growing up in the church and feeling like I had all the answers, you know, I know the answer to that, know how to do that. I've taught the Bible. I can, you know, speak to all these different things. All of a sudden, yeah. I didn't have any boxes. I didn't have God in a box any longer. There was no, I had no, um, because I'd blown up my grid, I didn't have a grid for how I would encounter even God or if he was even knowable or, you know, approachable or anything. But Jesus was the the first, the first aspect of my, of this journey that I really brought back into, okay, I, I do believe in Jesus. And, and, and so all I would do it, I'm not going to church, not doing these different things. I would just take time every day. And I started incorporating my belief that Jesus is real into new practices, which, you know, meditation was one of my key new practices that I started in that season. And, and I'll just sit there, do centering prayer, which is essentially just, I do the breathing exercises and, Mm -hmm. and, sit nice and still, you know, and just focus on that. For me, I, I would just picture the word Jesus in my head. Anytime some thought about what I had to do that day or some other thing came in, I would just say that word in my head. And, and, and for me that I did that for, for months, that's the only thing, only thing that I did while I'm reading lots of books from Richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan, Franciscan friar. And, 
bunches of different podcasts and, and others that were were feeding this stage of life. And and to be honest, I was quite giddy because for the first time in my life, there was so much I didn't understand about oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it was it was just that this unique process of kind of like a kid in a candy store that's like, wow, it's so big. And and really in that season, God became so much bigger mm. than I had ever ever thought possible because everything was always in a box of what was knowable and all of a sudden everything was unknowable including him but through these times of of meditation i think about two and a half months or so into it i remember i I usually did it every morning and then sometimes i'd do it at night as well and this one night i was sitting in our lounge room i'd say good night to our kids my wife is back in there saying good night and i thought oh i'll take some time and 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 meditate i remember putting some you know kind of ethereal music on of some sort and and i'm just doing this when all of a sudden and i hadn't i had never had this um occur before where i have this vision that came i still i still recognized i was sitting in my room but this vision that i wasn't controlling with my imagination just kind of came across my my mental screen in a sense you know and and i'm off with jesus in some you know i i equate to like a vietnam kind of place i'm in this Mm -hmm. forest and he we're staying there in the woods and it's like before i know what's happening he's i'm i'm chasing after him in this forest and i'm running after him and i'm like man this this is uh this is interesting i i've never experienced this kind of playfulness um before and we get to this big cliff and he kind of looks at me with this cheeky look in his in his eyes and ends up kind of like hitting me on the chest and takes a couple steps and jumps off this cliff into the water down below i remember thinking who is this guy you know that i've uh you know, and so I, I end up jumping in the water after him, and I end up having this long vision where I en- encounter Jesus, where He doesn't talk about anything that's happening in my life. It's mm-hmm. not about the boxes that are getting blown. It's not about you know the way that I've stepped away from all these Christian practices. It's literally just uh, all I felt from the through this entire time was this guy enjoys being with me, and so. And so for me, it, it kind of hit this thing. And I remember my wife coming back and I shared this with her and she's like, Jeremy, that's, that's significant. And I, yeah. and I remember telling her, uh, he just wanted to be with me. And, mm-hmm. and it really, it, it started changing something in me Yeah. from that point onwards. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. And I think I could speak even from my own experience of growing up in a Christian home and 9-11 happened while I was in undergrad and just realizing there's people out there that are willing to die for their faith. And at that point, I wasn't even willing to carry my Bible. And I just felt so weak. And all of my Christianity, quote unquote, was on all the disciplines I was doing. Yeah. 
And so I made an inner vow. I was like, I don't want to just be a Christian because my parents are Christian and because I grew up this way. So I called my parents and said, Hey, I am no longer going to identify with being a Christian. I want to know if there is a God. And if there is one, I want to know which one, because there's people all over the world that are worshiping different gods. And I don't want to just be brainwashed and believing this. I could be in any family believing any God. Like I want to know the real one. And so fortunately, my parents were very supportive. They didn't try to, you know, fear-based indoctrinate me. They were just like, okay, well, if you really believe that, then we will agree that the real God will show you. And so it was weird, right, not to have all my Christian traditions and principles and all the structure that I had allowed to build around my life. But in that time, I found that I was more carefree. I found that I was a little bit more whimsical. And well, at first I was a little anxious of like, oh my gosh, what if something bad's going to happen? But I noticed that it was like, I would be peaceful, like on a walk or in quiet. And I would just like feel God's presence. I would feel his pursuit that all those years that I was trying to put my good works and performance and religion to, so he would love me. It makes me think of your story of like, he just wanted to spend time with me. And I was so busy doing these things that I was actually missing the point of just a heart to heart connection and it, nothing big booming from heaven happened, but a couple years later, um, I had asked the Lord, like, what is the fear of the Lord? And that's when I had an open vision and just saw like the holiness and the grandeur and the awe and majesty of God. I just saw like the base of his feet, right. And how Jesus is so amazing to be so grand and huge and yet willing to come and play and jump off of cliffs with us and swim with us. Like, and that wins my heart over. So now it's like, I want to read my Bible because I get to know my friend more. Now I want to journal and process and I want to hang out and go to church because now I'm going with the motive of a heart connection. When before, before deconstructing, I think I was doing it because that was the right thing to do. Yeah. And so much of those works were actually blocking intimacy. And so I think if anyone's listening right now, you may be in some part of this trajectory. You know, we've seen church leaders fall. We've seen denominations break apart. We've seen a lot of stuff. And it's hard not to associate God with man's version of religion, right? That just because a pastor falls doesn't mean that God has failed you. It means that human human being probably wasn't stewarding something in their soul. And again, when religion gets in front of our relationship, then we can easily start to turn to other false comforters, other lovers, other things to fill that emptiness that really only our spirit man can have filled through God. And so wherever you are, you are on that journey. One, we encourage you to walk through that door, but do it wisely. You know, there's those that walk through and they just like jump with careless disregard. And it's really easy to just blow up your family and make large life choices. I think we've all seen that. And it's caused a lot of us to pause and not want to go through the process of discovering what is my real relationship with God and trusting that he'll respond. He wants you to have connection with him. 
And when you do that, you're doing it with a genuine heart of, I want to know if there is a God and if there is a God, which one are you? And I want to have some kind of a connection with you. That's more than just based on my works and performance. And as you do that, I think there's an insatiable hunger that it creates because now I'm curious, I'm childlike, like Jeremy's reading all this stuff and realizing how much bigger God is than this overly simplified version of religion where we put God in a box and we put all of our faith in this small construct that a human mind can fathom versus peeling that away with awe and majesty and curiosity to want to know him. And as you seek him, I really believe he wants to reveal himself and he wants to be playful and cheeky and hold your hand and show you beauty and have a breeze just come through that makes you feel like the presence of God is with you. So Jeremy, what would you say to somebody who might be in their own deconstructing or reconstructing face with their religion? You know, one of the, one of the big things for me, especially looking back in, in hindsight is I hadn't been in a, a few things. One is I hadn't been in a posture where I had the belief system that I could receive and experience mm. God. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was just up in my head, you know? And so yeah. as I, as I'm looking at the culture of my day, I'm looking at how different Christians are believing different things, things I disagreed with, didn't disagree with, everything's just being figured out in my own mind mm -hmm. outside of going, hey, God is actually, this is a word, experienceable. You know, I'm, I'm able to experience him yeah. right here and now, which is something that he led me into. You know, I ended up having hundreds of, visions and unbelievable encounters with him that in that reconstruction process that I never knew was possible. So, you know, one thing is, is as you're stepping into it, I think one thing is, is recognizing why you're stepping into it. Are you mm -hmm. stepping into deconstruction because you want to just be able to be at peace with others around you? Or are you stepping into it? Because that was also part of mine. I'm wa watching a lot of my friends go, oh, wow, what they believe mm -hmm. is a lot more palpable by the rest of the world, mm -hmm. you know? Um, or are you stepping into it because you have a, a real desire to experience the truth mm -hmm. and and you recognize that you're you're kind of living in, in a sense in a shallow place, which is also a place where I found myself, where I went, wait a yeah. second, I'm not actually getting any kind of life or meaning out of what I'm what I'm, what I'm doing, what I'm believing. So, yeah. um, and as you step into a, into a place where you are able to posture yourself as much as I didn't, I didn't realize it. It was really the faithfulness of God, but taking these times to just sit and be mm -hmm. and turn my focus onto him, it really postured myself to receive because he was faithful to actually meet me in that place. Yeah, I love that. And I think there's also wisdom in letting other people that really love you and care about you in on that journey. I think him having his wife and his dad, probably people that were praying for him. I had my mom and dad who were praying for me. They didn't impose their views, but they were able to just kind of pray discernment, wisdom, that I wouldn't get led astray because there's so many uh, ways that we could go that we could be counterfeits. 
-hmm. But to truly authentically encounter the presence of Jesus is unparalleled. There is nothing as sweet and cool as the presence of Jesus. And so letting people in on that, getting out of our head, which is super cerebral is our soul and getting back into our heart, which is where your spirit man actually lives and abides. Now you're in right alignment and you can receive something that restores childlike awe and wonder and makes your faith and spirituality come alive rather than how a lot of people feel like it's just stale, it's robotic, and it's hard to want to come back to church. We got out of the habit of going to church. But if you don't fill that now with intimacy and connection and centering yourself and now letting God pour in, you're just going to get dry and give up on God instead of realizing, oh, my religion got stale. Now I'm invited into greater intimacy and connection. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for being our guest today. Thank you for sharing about how you blew up your faith and all your boxes (laughs) and went now on a discovery of letting that rebuilding process happen and how now you're more in love with Jesus than ever and probably a more fun father and husband because you can lead from a healthy spirit man rather than this intellectual performance-based So. Super exciting. And if people want to connect and hear more, we'd love to hear any resources or things that you would point them toward if they're in a deconstructing or reconstructing phase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you're, you're always welcome to email me, but uh, you know, for me, I haven't, I haven't found a lot of people that have, have written about this process of, deconstruction and reconstruction but but what i do what i do love is different authors out there that speak to a god that is able to be encountered and Mm. not just believed in not just kind of where you're designing the habits of your life around a a set of you know moral beliefs or whatever but actually um so I'd, i'd say you know pick up books by by guys like bill johnson and others that are talking about a god that can be encountered and experienced yeah. and and actually come to a place where you can you can feel like you were saying shannon you, you can feel that love you can yeah. feel that sense of knowing yeah That's so good okay i have one last question if yeah. someone's listening and they have another loved one that's in a deconstructing or reconstructing what would you recommend of how to walk with them when you feel like you love God, you're centered, you're encountering him. And how do you navigate that? What were the things that you would say this was helpful versus not very helpful in that journey when you were deconstructing? One would probably be to not be afraid of the questions, Mm -hmm. not be afraid of those, those question marks, those things where you go, Oh gosh, you know, this seems like a, a make or break kind of, Kind of question because that was one thing that god said to me i remember i tried to get past the process at one point and and i remember jesus saying hey i'm fine with the question marks you know it's it's not it's not a not a deal breaker let's just take time on it and for me it took about four years of reconstructing wow. having d- different question marks things were answered you know but there's still some that that weren't and it took a little while so i'd say to to be there for the process and just point people towards the love of God. Yeah. Because that's really what's going to be the game changer. That's so good. I love you that. So that, one, you know? 
Yes. Yeah. So not getting anxious and trying to fill in the gaps and rescue and solve and answer, but truly trusting that as you pray for them, you walk with them in authenticity of relationship, that the Lord will guide them and answer that question and fill in those question marks. I think that takes a lot of pressure off of us as loved ones, as we're watching someone that we care about kind of deconstructing when it feels really like, I know the answer. I could just tell you, wouldn't it be far better if they're able to come to that for themselves and own that, feel and experience that for themselves rather than you just filling in the gaps yeah. and alleviating your anxiety by making sure they believe what you believe. So absolutely. go ahead. No, I was just saying, absolutely. You know, yeah. for me, I, I started encountering the love and the faithfulness of Jesus long before my questions were answered, mm. but I had that to go along with the process. So that's, that's so good. That's key. Yeah, I love it. So whether it's you or someone you love, it is okay to just tear those boxes, let them burn, and then trust that through intimacy, connection, opening your heart back up, you can fall in love with the pursuer of your soul. And by doing that, now you rebuild on a firm foundation and you get to experientially know and live from those revelations. We love you guys. Thank you for being brave and risking this journey with us. Thank you, Jeremy, for sharing your story. And we will see you for the next episode. Bye guys.